Um, we're really focusing on the core values of our church. We've talked about Bible preaching, the Word of God communicated. That was the first week. We've talked about authentic worship, the praise of God given. These are some of our core values. Today we're talking about having a welcoming spirit, which is about the heart of Jesus shown through our church. Next week we'll be talking about love in action, the hands of Jesus working in our community and across the world. And then we'll talk about having a stand for truth, which is the truth of the Bible lived out. Now, each uh, core value that we've gone over so far and the ones in the future as well, including today's, have a purpose statement that we share at the end. It's on uh, each one of the papers, but I wanted to kind of go over the last two that we've done. Bible preaching, our purpose statement for Bible preaching said, Coastline is a place where the Bible is preached clearly, the truth is spoken in love, the gospel is shared continually, and the word of God is the authority. And that's where our heart is on preaching. Whatever that's me preaching or someone else, man, that's our goal. That's our purpose when it comes to that core value of our church, authentic worship. Coastline is a place where God is glorified, Christ is magnified, and the church is edified. We will worship from deep in our souls, recognizing our great need and God's greater grace. When we sing as a congregation, Number one is to lift worship to the king. It's to magnify the name of Christ. But the scriptures talk about how not only uh, does it glorify God, but it edifies and encourages those around us. That's why we sing out. That's why we encourage, uh, why I encourage and why the Bible encourages us and, and really commands us to sing, as a, to sing together. To sing really not for each other, but really in a way, yes, it's for the edification of the church. So that's the um, purpose statement for authentic worship. But may we remember these things. May we hold on to these things in our hearts, especially as we get started, especially as lost people are going to be coming through these doors, sitting in these seats, and really looking around at us, which is a big part of today's message on having a welcoming spirit, the core value of having a welcoming spirit as a church. As a church, as a team, as a, a really a church family, uh, we, we've been here since the beginning. We've been here since the, you know, if maybe, you know, you've been here since day one. We want to have a welcoming spirit. We want to make people feel welcome. We want to make people, as a church, when they come through the doors, when they come to this place, we want to make people feel comfortable. And by the way, comfort is not, it doesn't have to be a seven-letter curse word in the church. You know, these people are like, it's not supposed to be comfortable. I mean, it's church. We want them to be uncomfortable. It's like we almost kind of have this weird thing that we sometimes can fall into of like, we're not supposed to make it about. Listen, the first thought that enters the mind, more, than, more often than not, probably the first thought that enters the mind of a person that, that has never been here before, they've never been, never been to a church, is am I going to feel comfortable here? It's a good question. It's an important question. And, and whether we think they should or not, which we really sh shouldn't think that way, but they're going to think that. Am I going to be comfortable here? Because here's, here's the thing. This is why it's a good question. Is why it's a good thing to focus on. We know, church, that the preaching of God's word is going to be uncomfortable. Sin is going to be called out. Uh, feelings might be hurt. Hurt and trauma in someone's life may resurface when you're talking about trials and you're talking about tragedies and things like that from the scripture when you're talking about you know pride's going to be hurt the preaching of the word of god is not going to always be this comfort comforting thing the gospel the cross of jesus christ was not a comfortable place so if we know that we know that hey the, the singing can be great the preaching though the word of god preached is going to challenge hearts 
It, we're not, we're not, I'm not trying to just be a motivational speaker that makes people feel good about themselves. That's not what the Bible is about. That's not what the preaching of God's Word is going to be about. So we know that the preaching is going to be uncomfortable. So because we know that the, the message, the sermon is not going to be comfortable, we should do our best and we are going to do our best to make people feel comfortable from the moment they pull into that front parking lot and they walk in these doors. From, from every part of it, we want to make them feel comfortable. Why? Because listen, this is the statement, it's the first one on your paper, because welcoming environments create relational opportunities. Welcoming environments create relational opportunities. That's why we're going to do our best as a church to make Coastline comfortable for people that are coming. Especially people that don't know anything about church or that even that came from a different church that, that moved out here. We are going to do our best. Listen, following Jesus is always more effective when you're doing it with other people. Following Jesus is always more effective and, and really not easier to do, but, but it's, it's, it's more effective when, other, when you're doing it with other people, especially for those who are following Jesus for the very first time. When they can do it with a, a, a group of people, brothers and sisters, a family, man, for those who have never, who just met Christ, man, it's important. Whether we want to admit it or not, the way that our Sunday service is run, the way that our Sunday services go play a huge part in helping people believe and follow Christ. Whether we want to admit it or not, that's just the truth. The way we do things here, from, from, the, from the cleanliness of the building to the signage to our spirits, obviously, number one, to the way, we, the way we look on our faces, the way we carry ourselves, all of those things play a part in people believing and following Christ. Because disciples of Jesus are made in relationships. That's the next blank. Disciples of Jesus are made in relationships. Listen, I'm not going to be inviting people to church just to hear me preach. That's, that's not why I'm like, you should come and hear. No, I'm inviting people and trying to get them to the service to get them, not to me and my preaching, but to get them to you. Because you, if they know you, and they know you personally, and you reach out and you have a welcoming spirit, then you can help them get to Jesus. You understand that? Listen, it's so much bigger than just being friendly. We, that's a huge part of it. But it's about having the heart of Jesus Christ. If, you, if they know you, you can help them get to Jesus. You can help them wrestle through their questions that they're going to have. New believers. Maybe believers uh, that have been saved for a long time but came from an unhealthy church environment and, and a legalistic mindset. And they come in they're like, man, I just don't even want to believe in God anymore. I don't even know church. if I even want to go to church anymore. And you... But the Spirit of God can help them wrestle through questions and doubts and fear, whether it's sitting in a pew after service, whether it's having a cup of coffee out in the lobby, whether it's out at coffee somewhere else during the week or through a text message, you can share about a God who has changed your life. And it starts with having a welcoming spirit. Disciples make disciples. Services don't make disciples. They don't make disciples. But if we can have a welcoming environment for the people that come through these doors, and, it's, and you being part of that, the biggest part of it, and myself included as a pastor, yes, but people want to hear from the attenders. They don't want, listen, they, they expect to hear, from, they expect the pastor to be nice and friendly. 
But when a regular attender reaches out to them, that's a big deal. If, you're, if, if, if our environment isn't relationally warm and inviting and safe and compelling, then we're not going to have the opportunity to reach into these people's lives that are going to come through these doors. We're just not. We're not going to be able to build relationships with the people that Christ has called us to minister to if we don't have a welcoming, safe, comfortable, compelling, inviting environment. Listen, I understand that some people are going to come regardless. Some people are going to show up anyway. Even if we don't have a welcoming, even if we don't have a welcoming spirit, people are just going to show up and come. But many of them, they either will stop coming or they're definitely going to keep their distance. So it's so important. It's so biblical. We're going to talk about that in a minute to have a welcoming spirit. Guests and regular attenders, they will come to church for a number of different reasons. They will come. They will visit. They will even come for a little while. But people stay because of people. If they come to a church and the people have a warm spirit and have a welcoming spirit and it's genuine, man, that's what keeps people here. That's what grows churches. They will put up with a lot of mistakes and they will even set aside their preferences often if they feel loved by other people. That's just the truth, church, which is why we need to focus on that. Some of us, it's built into us. We're very relational. We're very friendly. It's, it's just our nature. You know, some it's not. And we have to, something we have to work on. But, but especially early on, it, it almost comes naturally when you're starting a church and you're like, oh, and it's just this, the relational DNA in us is just natural. We're nice. We're friendly. But that doesn't just stay. After a while, we, get com- we could get comfortable. And someone walks in the doors and we don't think much of it. And it's just different. Listen, it never stays. A welcoming spirit never stays without intentionality, which is this last blank we have. We must be intentional about being welcoming. We have to think about it. We have to focus on it. We have to, to remind ourselves every Sunday morning that we come to church. There could be guests here today. Some of us may be on the greeting team or on the coffee team or whatever teams we're going to have for you know signage or if we at some point need a parking attendant. All of us are going to have a, a, a part in being welcoming and have an, have an opportunity to be welcoming and we have to be intentional about it. It's just not always going to come naturally, especially on those days when we're extra tired and we, you know, missed when our coffee machine broke at home or whatever, and, or whatever. I'm not great, thankful we're going to have coffee here, but still, we're going to have days when we don't really feel like being welcoming and we're going to have to be intentional about it. We have to be because it doesn't come naturally. Everything we do at church, everything we do at Coastline is about a person. It's not about a task. If you're a greeter and you're holding doors, it's not about opening a door. It's about welcoming a person. If, if, if you're standing out, giving out you know, bulletins or flyers or whatever we have here, it's not about just passing a bulletin. It's about informing a person. It's about people. If, if, if you're serving coffee, it's not about serving coffee and just making sure. It's about serving people. It's about blessing somebody. It's about people. It's about having a welcoming spirit. It's about showing a spirit of hospitality. And what does the Bible, because listen, these are all great ideas, and, and, and I hope you agree with me already, but more important than what I say is, what does the Bible say about having a welcoming spirit? What does the Bible say about showing hospitality and having a welcoming spirit of hospitality? Romans chapter 12, 
Uh, we're going to look at it. And the verse will be on the screen. If you want to turn there, you can. Romans chapter 12, Paul is writing to this church in Rome. And he's explaining in these, this part of the book, of the letter, about the marks of a true Christian. The marks of a true church. And look what it says in verse number 9. Romans 12 and verse 9. He starts off by saying, let love be without dissimulation. And that means, don't just pretend to love others, but really love them. Don't just pretend, don't fake it, but really love them. Don't, let your love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. Look at this. Distributing to the necessity of saints. Given to hospitality. Always being eager to practice hospitality. Given hospitality. Always being eager. Looking for ways to show hospitality to other people. Listen, it's pretty clear cut in the scriptures. How we're supposed to be. How we're supposed to function as a church. Yes, the word of God will be preached. Yes, the worship of God will be given. The praise of God. God help it to be authentic and real. But the scriptures command us in that, not just to focus. Man, it's just if I preach a good message and that's just going to grow the church. People, No, no, we need to have a welcoming spirit. We need to be hospitable. I want to walk you through a scenario. And I want you to imagine yourself in this scenario as I'm going to read this. It's an example, really, of what not to do. But imagine you're arriving at a church on a Sunday morning, a new church. You've never been before. You're looking for a church. Maybe you're newly saved. Maybe you've moved. and You're looking for a new church. You found this one, and, uh, and you heard about it, and you show up on Sunday morning. And let me read this to you. Just picture yourself. So you get to the church. There are no reserved parking spaces for guests. So you drive up and down each row until you discover that the only spot is in the back corner. Once you've maneuvered that, you step inside the building to find you're now late. The service has already begun. No one is there to greet you, so you open what you believe to be the back door of the sanctuary, but actually it's a side entrance to the front of the room. Several heads turn in your direction as the worship team continues to leave. For a few minutes, you scan the rows for a seat in vain. Finally, you spot one, but it's near the very front, in the second row, in the middle. <laughs> you say excuse me more times than you can count as you twist and turn and bump your way around strangers to make it to the empty chair. Once there, you breathe a temporary sigh of relief. As then you notice, you've never heard the song that everyone is singing, and there are no words on the screen to help you. You mouth the chorus as best you can, uh, hoping that the next song will be one that you know. The pastor, or a volunteer, or someone up front anyway, steps up to the stage to make church announcements. Here's something about small groups and outreach in the community, but the news is crafted for those already in the know. And then he says the words you dread hearing. If you're a guest with us this morning, would you please stand? Mortified, you rise to your feet. A few other people in the back stand as well, but it feels like every eyeball is on you. The room applauds politely, as if you just won a prestigious award for your ability to stand. <laughs> it's awkward, to say the least. Then without saying another word about visitors or offering a next step to you and the other poor souls on display, the man up front makes his next announcement. The nursery needs more volunteers. You slink back into your seat. The pastor's message is a blur. All you can think about is making your exit. And when it's time, there's nothing to stop you. No first-time guest table, no meet and greet, nothing. At this point, you're glad. You've already decided this first visit will be your last. Now, church, I think you and I both know 
we don't want to have that kind of church, right? We don't want to have that happen to us. Now, there's some things we already do that this is, this is obviously the worst of the worst. Like, now, this probably has happened countless times in churches. We've already tried to take steps, but we, like I said, need to be intentional. We want to have a welcoming spirit. You've got to remember that every church member, every person that's here, that's part of this church, is a host and not a guest. You're a host and not a guest. Making visitors feel welcome is primarily the responsibility of the members. I can do my best from the pulpit, but after service, if we get 60, 70, 80 people in here, new people, I'm not going to be able to talk to every single person on that first day or, or, or on any Sunday. The, the, the welcoming spirit is more often than not going to come and making people feel welcome from the members. The most important person for a visitor to talk to in order to feel at home in a church is you. Whether you like talking to new people or not. Like I said, a pastor can talk to anybody and they're going to expect it. But when a regular attender, when a regular member makes a point to reach out, that's a big deal to people. We've got to treat first-time visitors really as guests of God. Not, not just strangers, like who are they? But they're guests of God. God seeks to be in a relationship with all people. We know that. God is seeking to be in a relationship with everybody. So everyone that walks through these doors, God has an interest in. And maybe we have an interest as well. Hospitality. Serving people in, in the church. Hospitality is at the core of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Talk about the ultimate act of hospitality. Jesus. God giving his son for our salvation. And church, our hospitality at Coastline and our welcoming spirit really, church hospitality makes or breaks a ministry. And we have to remember that. My preaching and, and the worship and, and the kids' ministry and other parts of the ministry, those could all be flawless. They could be phenomenal. But without taking steps to ensure that people that come here are feeling welcome and feeling loved and feeling valued, the preaching and the kids' ministry and the, all that stuff is just going to be noise in the background if they come and don't feel welcome and don't feel valuable. That's just the way it is. It doesn't matter how good of a worship team we build or if, you know, how, how good of a preacher I am. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's about making people feel welcome. Having a plan for church hospitality isn't just the right thing to do. It's essential. It's been easy for us, church. The last two years. It's just been us. It's been a core group at the house. You know, once, you know, after like four weeks of service in the in-law apartment at the house, we all know each other. And it's easy to be, oh, talk and talk and have coffee and hang out, blah, blah, blah. And it's easy. But we're going to have new faces coming in. It's very easy and it's very natural without even trying to, even if our hearts are in the right place, to kind of get a club mentality. Like, oh, new people to join the club or, oh, I don't know if they're going to fit. May we not ever have that spirit. No matter what a person looks like or is dressed like or whatever it may be, when they come in the door, maybe we say, this is an opportunity for us to reach out. Someone that God loves, that God cares about. Whether they're dressed to the nines in the nicest suit, whether they're coming in in rags, may we love them and show the love of Christ. Every time we have visitors that come to our church, there's always going to be two types of visitors. And it's important that they feel welcome. The first kind of visitors, and you see it on your paper there, the first type of guests that will come to our church are unbelievers. Unbelievers, you can call them strangers. 
really, you know, guests of God. These are people that, that don't know Christ. Maybe they, maybe they saw a track at the coffee shop. Maybe they're a co-worker of yours that never really has, grew up in church, never been to church. Unbelievers. These are people that non, a non-Christian who's been, who've been brought or invited, maybe dragged to, to church by a family member that, that has invited them, so, so on and so forth. Maybe occasionally on their own, the Spirit of God prompted them and they found it online and they, and they saw a sponsored Facebook ad and said, oh, I'm going to try that place out. I'll, I should go to church. I, I never go to church. I should try it out. Jesus said in John 6, that no man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me uh, draw him. A non-Christian, an unbeliever's visit to coastline may be a step toward Jesus initiated by the Father. We have to remember that when the lost person comes in these doors. In our hospitality plan, the, the way we welcome people into this building, into this place, helps ensure that nothing causes them to stumble on their way to the King. On their way to Jesus. Something so small that we just gloss over, that we don't really care about, can affect a person's heart as they're coming to Christ. We have to remember that. Jesus was often ridiculed in the New Testament, we see, by the religious leaders of his day for spending too much time with tax collectors and with sinners. They they hated it. He befriended the lost. He ate in their homes. He loved them well. He was outrageously hospitable, the Bible says. He, he, he was so much that the, the, the religious leaders, the uptight religious hypocrites in Jerusalem, were mad about it. They were outraged. They were angry. In church, we're called to be just as hospitable. We're called to be just as welcoming. Jesus told his disciples when he first called them that they were going to be fishers of men, didn't he? Fishers of men. And when a lost person comes to our church, it's like the fish is just jumping right in the boat. You've got to remember that. We have an opportunity. It's important to make them feel welcome. So there's unbelievers, there's strangers. But what else? Obviously, other guests that we're going to have are believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe they're coming from a different church. Maybe they've moved here. Maybe they, you know, however, but they're going to be people from another church. Maybe they're, they're just looking for a new home. And they may understand, they may already understand the basics of church. So you're like, oh, well, they already know what church is about, so they get it. No, we still need to make them feel welcome. We still need to show hospitality. It's essential. Jesus is, um, before he was arrested and tried and crucified, he told his disciples to love one another. Here's the thing. Believers are going to come through these doors, and they may have a nice show on, but we don't know the baggage that they're going to be carrying. Maybe from a, another, from, from a, maybe they're going through a divorce. Maybe the church that they came from was, uh, burned them bad, or there was just some craziness that went on. We, we can't be ignorant to act like every, that every church has no, every church has issues, but some churches have some really, 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 really big issues. And people that walk away from those churches, for good reason, I mean, they kind of burnt out on church. We don't know the baggage that people are going to be carrying them when they step through the door. We have the opportunity as a church to bring comfort, to bring peace, and to remind them of the unfailing love of God. It's part of having a welcoming spirit. Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And and likewise, love thy neighbor as thyself. He equated our love for him with our love for one another. It's a big deal. Matthew 25, 40, Jesus said, and the king shall answer and say unto them, verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. How we show hospitality at coastline is just one way that we can love our brothers and sisters in Christ. So we're going to have unbelievers. We're going to have believers that show up at our church. And Lord willing, it's going to be soon. 
We've already, listen, last week we already had some guests show up. People are going to just pop in and we're not going to expect them. They're going to find it online. They're just going to show up and we have to be ready. So what are some ways that we can have a welcoming spirit? And we've talked about what the Bible says about it. Uh, we've talked about uh, uh, the types of guests that are going to come, the importance of it. What are some ways that we can show that we can have a welcoming spirit? First off is this, be friendly. We saw the first, uh, uh, we saw uh, in Romans chapter 9, uh, uh, those verses that he said, be kindly affectioned one to another. Most outsiders, people in the community that show up, they're going to have little problem. They're going to have no problem with Christians who are genuinely warm and kind to them. It's about taking an interest in people. It's about getting out of our comfort zone sometimes and reaching out to people and showing uh, friendliness and being just, man, just being real with people, being honest with people, being, being just showing compassion and love, the love of Christ to people. Uh, Barna Research, it's a big research thing, 40, says that 40% of visitors make up their mind about a church before they even see the pastor. They make up their mind about a church. Before they even get into a service, they get here 10 minutes early, within, within two minutes the beginning, of the beginning of service, visitors have formed an opinion about the, whether the congregation is friendly or not. Within the first two minutes of being here, they've already decided whether or not the congregation is friendly. It's important. It's important. We have to be intentional about it. We have to be friendly. Side note here. Thinking about what Dan said today. Dan, Dan always brings a change of clothes because he goes to work right from here usually. He has to go right to work. We're not going to make a deal about what people wear to church. I'm, just, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going. There is no dress code for Coastline Baptist Church. And, and, and people may have an issue with that. And if someone listens to this and does, that's... I'm not going to make it a deal. I want people, people can wear whatever. I'm not going to say, this is what you should wear at church. Or this. I'm just not going to do it. There's so many more important things to do. There, there, and there's really no biblical backing for it either. Listen, I, I understand there's arguments, you know, people say, well, we should dress our best. We should dress our best for church, for God. We should dress our best. And, but, but people's definition of best is very different. If we're talking about, if we're talking about the cost, like if it's expensive, that means it's your best. I've seen guys wearing jeans and t-shirts that are a whole lot more expensive than what I'm wearing right now. So if that's the case, then that, that's, not, that's not a good argument. If you're talking about, well, the formality of it, well, if it's the nicer, it's church, then we should all be wearing tuxedos and, and evening gowns to church, which is also unrealistic. And beyond that, culture changes. The best for somebody or, or, or formal in one culture is different than another culture. We live on the Cape Church. This is the Cape. Now listen, Grant, I'm wearing a tie today, but not because I feel like I have to, because I, I don't mind wearing ties. I enjoy wearing ties. I, don't, I really don't mind it. But I, on Father's Day, I wore a button-down short sleeve shirt. It doesn't matter. People say, well, if you were going to meet the president, or if you were going to meet a king, then you would dress up. And that's, that is true, unless you're the king's son. Unless you're a child of the king. Then there is no, do you see what I'm saying here? We, we've, we have got to crush unbiblical and unhealthy thinking that oftentimes is just dumped into our minds for our whole lives. We have to be able to step aside from that and look at the bigger picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if we're supposed to dress up to come meet the king, then I should never be singing worship in the shower. <laughs> I shouldn't, listen, if a plumber is underneath the, underneath the house fixing pipe, he should never be praying because he's coming into the presence of the king. Church, We've got to stop. We can't make a deal about this. 
There, I'm, you'll never hear me from the pulpit say, you better dress your best from church. You better, if you don't have a tie on, man, you need to get right with God. You're just not going to hear that. Now, if someone wants to wear a tie, I really don't care either. If you feel more comfortable, whatever, help, whatever helps you think more about Jesus and less about yourself, that's what you should wear. Whatever makes you think less of yourself and more about Jesus and what will help others do the same. Could you imagine if, if I expected every one of us to dress up for church and we all had nice suits and ties on and a visitor came in in, in jeans and a t-shirt? They would definitely 100% feel out of place. They just would. I really don't care. Especially in the summer, if everybody here came to church in jeans and a t-shirt, I really would not care. I wouldn't be like, oh, our church is falling apart. No, because, you know, we're going to have a lot of guests that come through. Now, listen, I, I don't mind. I like dressing up in general. Sometimes I dress up at the house by myself. I wear a button-down shirt. It's just who I am. But it has nothing to do with my spirituality. It has nothing to do with your spirituality either. It's about being friendly. It's part of being friendly. It's just not saying, oh, they're dressed in that, blah, 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 blah. I understand there's, there's lines, church. I understand that sometimes things are inappropriate. That's, that's, you know that's not what I'm talking about. Listen, everything should point to Jesus. That's the bottom line. We have to be friendly. That's a way we can have a welcoming spirit, being friendly, being helpful. The scriptures in Romans say, not just being kindly affectionate one to another, but in honor, preferring one another. Listen, walking into a new church, especially this one, can be confusing. It's going to be confusing. People are going to be like, where is the church? I see the sign, but there's only one entrance here. We're going to have signs and signs and signs and signs everywhere. We're going to have flags and a sign that says this way. And I'm going to have a sign here. You know, everywhere's going to be pointing different directions. We have signs on the, on the walls and for the kids' ministry and for above the auditorium and things like that. Walking into a new church building can be confusing. And regardless of, you know, how we have a, obviously a, a good-sized building right now, if we get a bigger one, whatever, to an outsider, no matter the size of a building, it can be scary and it can be overwhelming walking into a new place. You know it because you've walked into church before, visiting, and you're like, oh, it's kind of weird. And you're a believer, and you know Christ, and you've been saved for a while. Imagine a new person that doesn't know Christ. Part of being friendly is answering the questions that people have, but they might be hesitant to ask. Seeing it coming, like they're going to want to know, where's the kids' ministry? Where are the bathrooms? Now, we're going to have signage. Uh, you know, can I grab a cup of coffee? Is it just for this? What time do we start? Do that. You know, uh, what about, and they're going to have questions, and we need to be ready to answer them. Sometimes even before they ask them, hey, if you see they got kids with them. Hey, the check-in desk right over here. We got two classes. We got the nurseries that's right here. Being, really being helpful. Being helpful. And that's just, that's going to be something that we're going to learn as we go, too, as a church, as we finish things up. I'm going to, okay, going through everything. We're going to have to probably walk in these doors pretending we're a visitor. Okay, if I'm a visitor, what am I looking for? What signs do I see? Uh, where, is this visible enough? Is someone coming up to me and, and asking if I need any help with anything? Are they being overbearing? Because there's also sometimes being too friendly and you're creeping people out. Listen, we don't want to do that either. It's about being helpful. What else? Being hospitable. The scriptures obviously say clearly in Romans 9, given to hospitality. We will find ways in our Sunday services. Yes, out of our Sunday services we will. We're going to be serving this family that lost everything. Other people, yes, we'll, we'll do other community events. But in our church service, we have got to find ways, and we will find ways to serve people. We will find ways to serve people. Not just through music, not just through kids' ministries, but other ways. We're going to serve coffee. We're going to serve coffee. Some people have an issue with that. Why are we going to serve coffee? Can I tell you something? It's what everybody does in the morning. <laughs> Unless you don't like coffee. 
99% of the population of the world drinks coffee in the morning. The, the, when, when, when somebody comes into a room or they come into a church and they smell coffee, you know what it shows them without even them realizing something? It shows them that somebody was preparing for me to come. Somebody cared enough that, that for guests to come that they prepared this for me. It's a silent message that somebody expected them and is glad that they are there. It's easier to start a conversation with someone when you're holding something in your hand. That's just the way it is. When you're, you know, pouring cream or, hey, you need some more cream or, hey, the spoon's right over here. It's easier to make connections. Yes, I love coffee just as much as the next guy. I usually drink before I come here. But the reason we're going to have a really nice coffee set up with, with pastries and with things like that as we, as we get started is because we want to create opportunities for relationship building as a church. It gives people something to do instead of walking into a room being like, what do I do now? The service starts in 10 minutes. Oh, I better just stand here awkwardly or sit quietly. And it's awkward. That, we're going to serve coffee. It, it, also, beyond that, it wakes people up. It stimulates the brain. That's what coffee does. It's important. It's great. It's great hospitality to do those kind of things. And we're going to do it. And I know we just, listen, we've worked hard on, on fixing this building up and putting these nice carpets in. And I understand somebody's like, oh, what if it gets in the carpet? Who really cares? And that has nothing to do with the work that, that people have put into this place. Because I've been here doing carpet. Brad has spent countless hours doing carpet. And we're grateful for it. But what is more important, keeping a carpet clean or making people feel welcome? And we know it's making people feel welcome. Because if a coffee gets spilled on the ground, you know what we can do? We can grab our spot up, we can clean it up. And if it's really that bad, it's a square. We can pull up and put another one down. It's important to make people feel welcome. It's important to be hospitable and to show hospitality. And serving coffee and serving food and any other thing we can think of, other, other ideas, having guest bags, having really great, fun, exciting kids' ministries, you know, having, having signs up everywhere so people know where to go and what to do, you know, having people in our church, our team, strategically placed to answer questions that people are going to have. You know, even, even having someone, I saw a church that has someone that w has a tag that says, ask me, ask me a question. So that people know, like, okay, that guy obviously knows where this is or where that is or what this, you know, how long it's going to be. Having people even in the parking lot at one point, helping people park. All those things are just ways that we can show hospitality and be hospitable. And it's part of being a welcoming church. What else? The last one here. Be authentic. The first part of verse number nine says, let love be without dissimulation. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. There is nothing, there is nothing more welcoming than authenticity. People crave genuineness, especially while they're looking for a church. They don't want to come to a place like these people are a bunch of fakes. <laughs> and it's easy to see. These people are a bunch of hypocrites. That smile was fake. They crave, crave genuineness. So if we can cultivate church, if we can cultivate a church environment that lets people express their doubts, share their fears, uh, talk about their mistakes, if we can cultivate an environment in a church that does that, this is we're giving them the freedom to be themselves. They'll come, they'll sit, they'll worship, they'll feel relaxed and not in a negative way, but they'll, be, they'll feel like I can be myself here. I can be real here. And they'll really take in that experience. And some of these people are going to come and they're going to find Christ because they saw that it's real to us. By creating this authentic environment, we're going to start automatically attracting people to this church because they're going to say that they're real. 
They really believe what they say. These people are going to be meant to be a part of our congregation. And when they come and they see that it's real and they see that it's authentic and they see that it's us, man, they're going, to, they're going to bring all of their love for Christ and their talents for the Lord. Listen, we pray for worship leaders. We pray for kids' help. We pray for all, all the volunteers we're going to need. And God's going to bring those people to us because, listen, we need to have an authentic spirit and a welcoming spirit if we can be real. And on the other hand, if a church... It's relentlessly striving for this picture-perfect image, and we got it all together. We're only we're going to unintentionally create just surface-level relationships. Oh, good to see you today. Hey, oh, have a good week. Great. And, and nothing's going to be authentic. It's just going to be like, hey, good to see you, and then we're going to shoot out. Listen, there's something really beautiful about when a service is over and people are standing around and drinking coffee and having a donut and having a bagel and, and talking and, and just... Man, investing in each other's lives. That's not surface-level relationship. Surface-level relationship, when the service is done, the place empties out immediately. Listen, we, we need to be real. People that are looking for a church, whether they're lost, trying to get into church, or whether they're a believer, they, if they see that everybody's trying to be perfect, that's a turnoff for people when they're looking for a church. We've got to be true to who we are with our mistakes, with our fears, with our doubts included, we got to be real. Got to be real. We're finishing up and closing. I hope this has reminded you and challenged your hearts as we're getting ready to start. It's so important to have a welcoming spirit, and 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 being friendly and being helpful, being hospitable, being authentic. We need to practice these things. But let me say this: if we're not about the gospel, then nothing else matters. If we're not about the gospel then nothing else matters. More than anything else in the world, people are attracted to grace and to love and to mercy and to acceptance and to forgiveness and to justice and to purpose. That's what people really want. Whether they realize it or not, that's what they want. It's about the gospel. And the gospel encapsulates all of those things. Forgiveness and acceptance and justice and purpose and grace we have got to let the gospel of Jesus Christ permeate every area of our ministry. You're like, how can that affect, you know, people serving coffee or, or people greeting or people in the parking lot? Because it all goes back to, I'm not just doing this because it's my duty. I'm doing this because I want the gospel to change this person's life. I want to, I want to show them that there's, there's a better life. There's abundant life found in Jesus Christ. There's eternal life found in Jesus Christ. Christ. Oftentimes in our, in our rush to, to make church warm and inviting and fun and happy and everything, we can sometimes lose sight of the gospel. Listen, all the things I've mentioned today already about, you know, the, the practical things, those are important, but if we only focus on that and, and forget the, the motive behind it, the purpose behind it, man, we're missing out. We lose sight of what really matters. Listen, if, if, if one of our greeters at one point spends 10 minutes talking to one person when really they should be meeting everybody, but they're helping someone who's hurting, then that's okay. That's a good thing. Because the gospel trumps all. Trumps all policies. But the ultimate secret to getting guests to be, becoming regular attenders is to be about the gospel. Why are we even here? Because of the gospel. We've got to remind ourselves that every Sunday when we come through these doors, we're not just coming to, to mark a check. We went to church this week. I feel better about myself. It's about the gospel, when people really experience genuine love and grace and acceptance and, and, and mercy and community, they don't want to leave. That's just the way it is. We could have a terrible worship ministry, which right now is just me, 
You know, we could, we could have a, we could, it could be awful. Or, 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 you know, we could have terrible coffee that's just nasty. But really, if, if the people are loving and welcoming and it's genuine and it's real, those things really don't matter. We're going to do our best with these things. Obviously, you know that. But even if we did as much as we could and it was still terrible, if we can show love and grace and be welcoming, those other things don't matter. People want to be loved. They want to be accepted without pretense, without, with, you know, with, with no conditions, just as they are. But they also want to be challenged to be something more, and that's what the gospel does. The gospel accepts us, doesn't it, as we are, but it also pushes us to be more like Christ. If we can be about that, people are going to come, and that's welcoming. We've got to be a church where the gospel is preeminent. There's nothing more important than the gospel of Jesus Christ. From every area of our ministry, there's no better way to show hospitality than to be a people that share and that live and that show and that love the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what's going to give us a true welcoming spirit. I said earlier, the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, was the ultimate act of hospitality, was the ultimate act of service, God giving his son to us for salvation. So when we practice hospitality, genuine hospitality in our church as a member, towards the people, here's what, we, here's what happens when we practice hospitality with the right heart. We experience the joy of being a, a conduit, a channel of God's hospitality to us on somebody else. We, we, show the hospi- we show hospitality based on that hospitality that God has shown us through his son, Jesus Christ, through his grace. And that brings real joy, authentic joy. And in those moments of true, genuine, Christ-centered hospitality, all of our self-centeredness decays and fades away, and genuine Christ-like love is shown and it's shared. We experience the thrill of, of, of feeling God really conquer over our, our own self-centeredness and our own fears and our own stinginess when we show hospitality with the love of Christ. There's nothing better. There's nothing better for us, Richard. I think you'd agree with this. Nothing better than for us to experience the radical change that comes from the hospitality of God in our lives through salvation. There's nothing better than that feeling. And a new person that, that, that loves to reflect that grace of God through hospitality, that's what we need to have at Coastline Baptist Church. We're new people in Christ, are we not? We're new people in Christ. We've been radically changed by the kindness and love of God, and may we show that to others. Here's our purpose statement and we're done. Think about all we've talked about this morning. Let it, let it ring through in your heart. Man, let it settle in your heart. And here's our purpose. Coastline is a place of grace. By remembering God's love for us, we will strive to show a welcoming spirit to all who come. All who enter our doors will know that they are loved, valued, and important. Church, we need to have a welcoming spirit. From the little things to the big things. From the little things to the big things, may we ask God for grace on our bad days, on our tired days. We still need to show hospitality. There's going to be a lot of, not, it's not just going to be about our heart. It, yes, it's going to be number one about our heart, but we're going to need work. We're going to need people that are going to be willing to come early and set up the coffee and be out in the parking lot and 
stand by the door and answer questions and stand at the kids' desk checking people in and stand at the welcome desk after service to give out gifts and take cards and talk to people. We need that. I can't do all those things. We need to have the right heart of hospitality, the right heart of welcome if God's ever going to build this church. And I believe he wants to. I believe he will. Lord, we love you so much. Would you be with us this morning? Would you bless us? Would you guide us? Would you help us to have the right heart? Would you help us to focus on grace and focus on who you are? Lord, you're good to us. You're gracious to us. You've shown us the greatest hospitality. And Lord, would you help us to do the same as we get ready to get started? Even now, Lord, as it's just us, help us not to wait and think that it's just going to come naturally once we open the doors officially, but help us now, Lord, to show hospitality to one another, to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Help this to be a place of acceptance, of love, grace. Yes, it's going to be a place of justice, Lord, and the gospel is going to be preached, and the preaching of your word is not always easy to hear, but every other aspect of our ministry may be one of love and acceptance, no matter who walks through the doors. Lord, for someone, if, if a homeless person walks through the doors, help us to show them love and grace. If someone of an alternate lifestyle walks through the doors, help them to show them love and grace. No matter who walks through the doors, God, help us to show them love, grace, and show them Jesus. You've changed our lives. Would you use us, Lord, to use us as tools to help change the lives of others around us? We need you and we love you. In your precious and holy name, amen.